Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to our community. I'm Andy Thornton coming to you from the I've Decided studios here in Peoria, Illinois. And our community is sponsored by I've Decided and the Greater Peoria Family YMCA, of which I am employed. So do you find failure uncomfortable? Do you define failure as a setback? Well, if you do, in today's episode of our community, hopefully we're going to broaden your perspective by helping you better understand how to turn failure into success. So if you followed along with the I've Decided Weekly Winning Word, which you probably received an email about on Sunday night about 5 p.m. because that's when it comes in my email, like clockwork every week, you'll know that the Weekly Winning Word is Lessons. And we're going to talk about that with my guest here today, who I will introduce in just a minute, um, from the perspective of how do we learn from our failures and turn those failures into success? What lessons can we learn? So joining me today is Ken Stewart. Ken Stewart is with Central Illinois Convene, and he is the board chair and an executive coach. Did Correct. I say that right? You did. All right. Why don't yep. you tell us a little bit more about who Ken is and what this work is all about? Appreciate it. And thanks for the invitation to be here. Really appreciate being a part of this conversation. Uh, born and raised Central Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Same here. A little bit uh, west of here in the small town of Elmwood. Really? currently live with my family in Germantown Hills. So. Sidebar. Yeah. My parents live in Elmwood. Really? My brother and his family live in Elmwood. How about that? Go Trojans. Yeah. I'm not from Elmwood, though. <laughs> How long ago we been there? Tigers. Oh, so rivals. Yeah. Yeah, that was a rough playoff game we had a couple weeks ago. Mm. But anyway, you know, we digress. Yes, we do. <laughs> That's how it's supposed to work. That's right. That's right. So, uh, you know, we moved around a lot. My dad was a caterpillar guy. Okay. Uh, but uh, landed, started in Elmwood and landed in Elmwood and uh, then went to Illinois State where I met my wife. And uh, we currently, after we've been married for 32 years, have one daughter who just got out of Illinois State University and is now living on her own in Bloomington Normal. Nice. And uh, I've had a, a, a variety of career paths, which we might get into today in our conversation yeah. on lessons. Uh, but for the last probably seven to eight years, I've been in the executive coaching realm. Okay. And since 2019, have been uh bringing this peer-to-peer advisory team model to central Illinois uh, based on the Convene platform. And Convene is out of Southern California. We're a national organization bridging into international. Mm. And the concept is to bring in our ecosystem, Christian business owners, CEOs, principals, senior leaders around a round table and then facilitated conversation around devotion and connection, business learning, and then the opportunities and challenges that they're facing as a part of their right. executive level of leadership. Wow. And then I also uh, coach at that level as well. So that's interesting. Uh, loving what I do. Uh, we're building here in central Illinois and have uh, members from us uh, from the Champaign-Urbana area, mm. Bloomington Normal, down south, and of course the greater Peoria area as well. So, so, and not to get too far into this because we yeah. don't want to, we want to have our conversation. For sure. But do you, do you do a lot of your meetings in person, virtual? Has that changed a lot for you? For you, that's a great question. We we strive for the personal connection as yeah, best we can. I would I would think that would be better. There are times when it makes sense based on miles to have our individual coaching sessions virtually. Sure, but as a team, we meet in person as best we can. Good. So you're really bringing 
business leaders, community leaders, organizational leaders together, kind of at the highest level, mm -hmm. it sounds like, which is important because sometimes being one of those people and at that level, sometimes you're a bit on an island, right? You don't Probably have more than sometimes. Oh, uh, yeah. A lot of times. <laughs> you don't always have the right people to yeah. lean into or to learn from or to share struggles with or challenges and even successes, right? Yeah, because very much so. Traditionally, okay. it's a very confidential and protected space. Yeah. And we're trying to bring, we're not trying to, our, our aim is to bring community yeah. into that space. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel fortunate because in my world with YMCA, we kind of have a network designed like that mm -hmm. where, you know, like CEOs, we get together regularly and have those types of conversations mm -hmm. and share challenges. I have some really good friends because of that. And that's a valuable time, mm -hmm. a really valuable time for me. So I would imagine that the work that you're doing and the support that you're providing for those leaders is probably greatly appreciated. Well, and it's a blessing to be on my side of it too. I just yeah. absolutely love it. Yeah, that's cool. Well, thanks for sharing that. You bet. I look forward to thanks learning for a bit more about that. So we're going to talk about lessons, mm -hmm. right? And lessons are defined as something that is something that's being learned. So the, and the, the way that I'm coming at this and hopefully throughout this discussion, we'll dig into this a little bit deeper, but is really looking at the opportunity to learn through failure. Um, so I'm, I'm throwing a couple statements at you, see how you respond to those if you agree with them. Um, and these things came right out of the article that Kim shared this week, but there's two things that jumped out to me when I read it that I thought were pretty, pretty neat. I wanted to just throw them out there for some discussion. There are no great failures, only great lessons. Okay. And failure is a part of success. Do you agree with those? And and what does it? What do you think about when you hear those? We're probably going to have to back them and take them one at a time. That's okay. For one thing, there uh, are no great failures, only great lessons. <clears throat> That's a bit of a matter matter of perspective, don't you think? I think so. Sure. Right. Uh, and I think that gets into one another one that. Uh, well, I don't want to get too far into the article, uh, but really how much mindset plays uh, into our perspective on sure. those two uh, opposite sides of the coin, if you will. Yeah. Same thing happened. Right. From one perspective, it's an incredible failure, but from the other side, it's it's an incredible lesson. Mm -hmm. And it really depends on which side of the coin I want to look at. Yeah. And I, and I think you can go to both places. Right. Because I think the initial reaction is, is you focus on the failure. Right. Because everyone else is focused. It feels well, like. Well, but right? I think it's kind of our natural tendency. Right. To first we have we realize, oh, oops. Oh, my gosh. We just crashed. Whatever. Something just happened. And and but do we dwell on it or do we understand that? OK, how am I going to rise above this mm -hmm. right and make myself better through this experience mm -hmm. so i i think it's okay to see it from both sides you just don't want to stay stuck on the For failure side absolute sure yeah i think where i was going at it with the perspective of the way every what i you feel like everybody else sees mm -hmm. right is uh and I, I we want to be careful of statistics right but sure. the, the classic pareto principle the 80 20 thought process is mm -hmm. that you know just that a majority of our world is has a bit of a negative bent to them, just yeah. their perspective sure. on life. And I've heard it said that 80% of the people kind of have a negative view of life. Yeah. And so when they see a, 
whether it be a business failure or a, a moral failure or something major like that happen. And they, it's really not even in their sphere. They just see it from the outside. That's their initial impression. And that's probably their lifelong impression. But if you are the one experiencing it and you are personally involved in it, you have you're probably the one that's going to take a look at it from the For other sure. side and say, OK, now I got to build my life from there. Yep. And what are the lessons that I can learn to be make it yeah. a productive part of my life? Yeah. Whereas the rest of the world's probably going to keep that stamp of failure somewhere. Yeah. And I, we just have to. We have to yeah. process that and deal with that. Yeah, I agree. And I think for the, the purpose of this discussion, and certainly from my own perspective, is, is looking at it through my, from the prism of the, the person on the inside. Yeah. Right. Try not to worry too much about yep. what the outside world is thinking about it, but how do I respond mm -hmm. what do i do through this op through this opportunity i like to call it an opportunity because i think that's what it is when you fail because we all do it's inevitable um, how are we going to rise above it overcome it be better for it hopefully not repeat it mm -hmm. and to borrow from the article take responsibility and yeah own that's it. one of my favorite things to yeah. say yeah do you, are you owning it right are you owning it so one of the things so i, I spent a lot of time um, coach in sports, going to be 53 later this year. And I'll bet that over half of my life, I've been involved in coaching some type of sport, youth sport, high school sport, whatever. A lot of it with my kids as they've been growing up, some of it without them here recently in my life, it's, it's kind of been without them. And, and that's great, great experiences. But a lot, I talk about this a lot and I use the sports analogy a lot because it's part of who I am, but you're going to fail every time you step out on the basketball court, the baseball diamond, the football field, whatever. You're going to fail, right? It's inevitable. It's going to happen. And I think the same thing is true in life. And that's that's okay. It's the response to the failure that's the most important, right? How are you going to handle that situation? What are you going to do to learn from that situation to be better moving forward? And I, I love that analogy in the sports world because I think it's easier to relate to. Mm -hmm. But I think it, it really is important, even in the professional world, as a leader of a YMCA, to understand that I'm going to fail there too. Mm -hmm. Right? I think that's a such a, a powerful point to make, and we could spend a lot of time here. Mm -hmm. uh, but but why, why is it so hard to accept that failure is a part of the process of life and of business and mm -hmm. And, and I think one of the reasons is that it feels like when you look at like the trajectory of, we'll say a business, that it's built on their successes. Sure. But what we don't see right. is the fact that all the, the foundation for those successes were all these failures mm -hmm. and that they are just as much, if not more, a part of that growth process than anything. But, but those are all discarded. All we really see is the stair steps of success. Mm -hmm. Similarly in, in sports, we, we, we don't see the hours in the gym, right? We don't see the, sometimes the, the statisticians will let us know, but what we really see is the batting average successes yeah. and the win column. Mm -hmm. We don't necessarily focus on the fact that, Oh, you're batting 300 that you missed the, you, you, you failed 70% of the time. <laughs> exactly. We don't, we don't, we don't look at it that way. Right. 
Uh, but I think if we can grow a more healthy perspective of that reality in all of life yeah. and in our businesses, then, and we've probably heard it said before, fail fast. Okay. We just accept that that's a, that's a part of the process right. Right. and just do it faster. And, and how do you, so let's talk about failing fast. Let, let's dig into that a little bit. What does that exactly mean? When, when you said that, I thought of don't dwell on it. Mm -hmm. Don't spend more time than you need to in that emotional environment because it is an emotional environment mm -hmm. and it can overwhelm you and distract you and defeat you. And, and that's ultimately what keeps you from moving forward, I yeah. think, right? So yeah. talk a little bit more about that failing fast mentality. So what I hear in what you're saying is you're looking at the, from the point of failure to the point of recovery and shrinking that. Yeah, that, I think that, so. Let's get over that fast, right? I think so. I think there's a, there's a fast on the front side of the failure as well, mm. which um, I think so many of us, and I'm guilty yeah, sure. <laughs> of, of, of belaboring the process of preparation uh, of I'm, I'm, okay. I'm afraid to commit. I'm not, I'm not quite ready yet. I'm not ready to jump in. I'm not ready to make the decision. I, I need more information. I need more time. I need more whatever. Mm. And um, the, and again, I, I don't want to be too categorical, but when you start to look at the people that are, are really building things in this world and, mm -hmm. and in, in the business environment, uh, they are, they're like, just ship it. Yeah. Go. And then we'll adjust. Mm -hmm. We'll find out where where we're falling short, and then we'll we'll fix that, and then we'll keep moving. But if we wait until we're a hundred percent sure and perfect, we've waited too yeah, long. It's too long, too late. I, okay, I wasn't thinking from that perspective. I appreciate you clarifying that. But well, there, it's it's on both sides yeah, of that it point, is. right? It is. But I wasn't even thinking about the the beginning part of it. Yeah. And I think that is important. I think sometimes we, I think sometimes we create our own failure because of that mentality, right? Or that slow slow to decide mm. mentality i'm going to take this time i need to i need more data i need you're getting personal now yeah <laughs> i was just going through ken i was just going through this this morning actually going through this this morning with some of my staff on some decisions that we need to make and i'm reflecting on that now with a different mindset so i don't know if it helps anybody out there but it's helping me well, when, when we normalize the 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 reality of failure in the in the just the cycle of life and the even the the proportion of it mm -hmm. then i think we can more willingly make those decisions and move on adjust and move on adjust and move that's on. good that's good so let's 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 talk about personal failure um yeah are there any examples that you're willing to share from your personal professional life whatever um where you've learned through failure Yes. <laughs> so you're not supposed to talk like that on a podcast. Ken, you're supposed to. I did that kind of I know you did. I know you did. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, uh, you know, one of the first places I would go, and we don't have to belabor this one, but I crammed four years of college into five. I did it in six. Okay. So I got to beat. Yeah. There. Yeah. And by the way, I'm a Redbird as well. Oh, awesome. But a huge Brave fan. So yeah. I'm, I'm conflicted all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm a, I'm just a huge basketball fan, to yeah. be honest. Uh, you were talking about coaching, uh, and I've done some coaching in my past. And, of course, I do it at the executive level now, uh -huh. which there's a lot of sports analogy there. Absolutely. But I've also been an official for nine years, so ah, we nice. could have some conversations there sometime. We have more in common than <laughs> we ever realized. Uh, so, um, but I did take some moments to think about that. And, uh, and I, I want to be careful because, uh, you know, um, there's a lot of, a lot of impact that our words can have. Yeah, absolutely. Right. right? So I just sure. want to be sensitive, uh, to some realities that, uh, that even just our conversation could have an impact on others. Sure. Um, but I've heard it said that, uh, if you are in the executive coaching world mm -hmm. and you've never managed the failure of a business, mm -hmm. you're probably in the wrong space. I can agree with that. And, you and I, I'm not, you can't necessarily relate to the people you're coaching. Well, that and um, there's like a, a, a level, a depth of fear mm -hmm. and shame mm -hmm. and um, emotional toil and burden and impact that you can't just imagine yeah you you have to have experienced yeah that. i get that and that is one of the burdens that anybody in that seat almost constantly carries sure the responsibility for their organization Mm -hmm. The responsibility for the people that they're in, that are in their charge, the development of their people, the development of the organization, and the fact that something legislatively, something out of their control, something yeah. the 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 arrows that are being shot into organizational business models are plethora, mm -hmm. and they're responsible, mm -hmm. and that burden is heavy. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I say this carefully and with a bit of vulnerability. And uh, without any sense of puffing up of chest or sure. pride at sure. all. Uh, but as I wrote it down, uh, I've been personally involved in the last days of four organizations. Oh, wow. And that, um, that has shaped me. Mm -hmm. There have been some significant lessons learned in that process that um, not only shapes the way that I approach business development today yeah. in my own sure. life, in my own businesses. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the empathy <laughs> that I constantly carry in my conversations with my clients and others. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, we, we couldn't begin to unpack all the depth of, of some of those lessons, sure. but I say that almost categorically in the sense that there's some significant learnings when you go down really, really hard trails. Mm. Yeah. And, and that's been a part of my past. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and I think, is there any, and not, not to go too deep into it because I certainly want to protect your, protect you and going too far down that pathway, but any any lessons that come to mind, significant lessons that you learned through that process that were that helped you move forward? Well, uh, yeah, uh, and I, I, you know, I'm going to kind of come top of mind here. I sure. didn't necessarily articulate them specifically, but one of the first one that comes to mind is, and I, this is a little cliche, mm -hmm. but 
going to be okay. Yeah. You know, right. right. You know, yeah. uh, things happen, mm-hmm. um, but life goes on mm-hmm. and there is actually greater opportunity now ahead of you yeah. than could ever have happened if you would have stayed what I would say almost pigeonholed in your previous areas of responsibility. Mm. And I'll give one example mm. of that. Okay. So one of my um, first failed attempts was uh, as a, as an insurance agent mm-hmm. with okay. a, a relatively large insurance carrier. Okay. And I remember um, I had uh, a chiropractor that was in an office across the alley from my my building. And I remember days when I literally crawled out my back door and into her front door Hmm. because I was carrying so much stress in my back. Wow. And how difficult those days were and how hard the the failure gong was ringing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I look at some of the subsequent opportunities that presented themselves and where I am today. And the beautiful lessons that were learned, not only there, but in those subsequent experiences that now allow me to serve. And, you know, I'm also a bivocational pastor. Mm. um, So my Christian faith is extremely important to me. Mm. And we talk in terms of kingdom building. Yeah. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when I think of the potential kingdom building impact that I can have now and in my uh, relative future versus being an insurance agent, Mm -hmm. I'll trade it any day and every day and all day. Right. But when you're going through the middle of it, it's hard to say that. Yeah. So the, the 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 first lesson that comes to mind as you and I are talking is, it's going to be okay. Yeah, no, and I, and I think that that it, it is cliche, right? And we say that a lot, but the reality is, it will be, if you can get past the dwelling. Right, right, right. Accept the pain and the difficulty of it, and and look at that right. side of the coin, but. Get some community around you and intentionally turn mm-hmm. around and, and focus on the other side of the. The, coin. the other thing I heard you say. Um, while you were describing that was is sometimes you don't realize what you've learned until further down the road. Oh, yes. Through that process. And, and that that's the example that I would share that first came to mind when I was thinking about this yesterday. And this was almost 20 years ago um, when I was a young pup in the Y and trying to build a career through the organization and applied for my uh, first CEO opportunity at mm-hmm. the age of I don't know, 29. Um, and how dis- I remember how disappointed I was when I was the runner up, mm. chosen for the runner up. Yeah. I thought I was prepared. It sent me, uh, there was a period, uh, it took me days, if not weeks, to get over that disappointment. And eventually I did, and I moved on. And then I had another opportunity. Um, so that opportunity was to lead a, uh, Small YMCA, real small YMCA, um, but as the CEO and not knowing what it meant to be a CEO mm-hmm. back at that part mm-hmm. of my career, mm-hmm. what it truly meant to be a CEO, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done it now for 12 years, certainly have a different perspective than I did then. Um, 
the next opportunity that came along for me was more of a mid-level management role where I ran my own YMCA facility, but was a part of a larger organization. Mm -hmm. So a multi-branch organization that had a CEO and a corporate office and a lot of the administrative supports that I wouldn't have had right. in that yeah. in the little bitty independent YMCA. Um, and then I learned that process. I wasn't ready. Mm. I was not ready for that role. If I would have got it, the failure would have been greater. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I learned through that next process of how much I was lacking mm. in the resource development piece. Right. In the professional development of my and own. And all the hats to, you would have had to wear. Yeah. <laughs> I've had to lead an organization, albeit small, a critical part of that community. And when I when I think about if I'd have got that role, what would have happened? Mm. And maybe I overcome more. It's just harder. And I still can be successful through that. But I learned four or five years later of how unprepared I was at the time that I was going for that. And yeah. that was a really, a real eye opener to me through that process. So you don't always realize it. Or you don't always realize the benefits of what you've learned through that process immediately. Yeah. Just, just last week, I, I, there's a phrase that I'm going to say in a moment, but the background of that phrase is that clarity, you, no one has clear, pure clarity in the moment. Right. And the phrase was clarity always comes in retrospect. Mm -hmm. Always. Yeah. And so to, to recognize that and to, to actually, that's, that's part of this lessons conversation, right? Yeah. That lessons come through that clarity. And, and mm -hmm. so we want to have it in the moment, mm -hmm. but there's, the reality is it doesn't come until right. later and let's, let's embrace that. Yeah. And I, I, th I think even though you don't have the clarity, doesn't mean you can't move forward. Right. Right. There's, there's some things you can learn more immediately for sure, but it, it doesn't always happen right away and you can't wait for the clarity to move forward either. Right. Do you, does that make sense? Do you agree with that? Yeah. And, and maybe, you know, there's, I think there's some, you know, bringing clarity to our, our perspectives on that, uh, in the moment of anything we're wrestling with, uh, we would love to have absolute clarity, sure. but we're, we're still learning, right? There's right. still process going on. And we'd like to think, well, the, well, the water's kind of muddy and mm -hmm. welcome to the present moment mm -hmm. at any present moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you might have a light bulb moment. That's great. Right. But full clarity and perspective mm -hmm. um, comes in that reflection, mm -hmm. even if it's 10 minutes later. Mm -hmm. but it's rarely right in the moment. Right. You know, it's like, oh, can I have those words back? You know, mm -hmm. Even 30 seconds later, yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden clarity starts to come in. Yeah. <laughs> or sometimes at home, it's like, as soon as it leaves Immediate. your <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Okay, let, let, let's talk about um, some of the benefits, I think, of allowing failure to lead you to success. Some of the things that can happen. Um, and it was in the article, so I want to pull some of these things out and just talk about them. There was, I think, four or five uh, what they described as benefits to embracing that process. The first one was um, spurring innovation, right? If you, if you learn or if you can accept failure and move on and learn from that, it gives you another opportunity to, to maybe rethink how you're approaching something or to do something over. And you have to approach it in a different way and framed it around the, the, that of in, being innovative. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with that? 
Well, I think it it speaks to the story of Thomas Edison, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we we often hear that story. Yep. He, he didn't know how, he didn't create the light bulb. He learned ten thousand ways it wouldn't work, uh, and and so the innovation is it comes out of the determination that I I want to make this work, but what I'm doing right now isn't working, and I've got to figure out another yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting that you mentioned Thomas Edison. So I did a little Google search when I was thinking about this and just some examples of others who were were forced to innovate because of failure. Henry Ford went bankrupt before he started Ford Motor Company. Mm. Right. I, I don't know that I knew that until I did the Google research. Um, Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball yeah. team. Everybody's heard that yeah. over and over and over again. But that's a big deal. In, and and how do you do it is ba- professional baseball stint. Yeah. I wouldn't call it a complete failure nah. because he still played at that level. Absolutely. But it wasn't what he deemed to be a success. Exactly. And and I'm not Michael Jordan, so we're projecting a little I bit understand. here. But one of the things he learned is I'm really good at basketball. I'm going to go back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Jobs was fired from Apple. Yeah. Right. At the very beginning of the start of that. You know, I don't know that a lot of people realize that. Abraham Lincoln was a failed businessman, had a nervous breakdown, and lost his first attempt at presidency, right? Um, And those are just a few examples of people that have failed and were forced to recreate themselves or become more innovative on how they were going to approach success. And so I think that that's a valuable lesson to be learned um, through that process is the failure can't define who you are. Right. You got to be able to kind of reset your mind and think differently about whatever it is you're trying to tackle or or become successful at. I would go so far as to go out on a limb and say, if you take any quote unquote successful leader in business or in sports Mm -hmm. and you dive into their story, you're going to find significant failure. Yeah. I think you're right. Because that's what strengthens you and causes you to rise to the level yeah. of the success that you're having. Yeah. And I, I think that that's a, I agree with that statement. And it's a great segue to the next, um, the next point is by embracing failure, you're going to develop more courage and determination, right? To, to be successful. Grit. Right. And I think it said, so it's, I think I read it in the article or maybe something else I was reading. But it was um, look at failure as a beginning, not an end. Yeah. Yeah, that that idea of grit or perseverance or uh, climbing the mountain and just so back to either the sports analogy or just um, I, I remember I think it was Nike one time that said, if you have a body, you are an athlete. But I just I just come at things from that athletic perspective. Mm-hmm the development of our skeletal system, our muscular system, our cardiovascular system, it all comes through challenge. Mm -hmm. Uh, Without challenge, we atrophy, we die. And so seeing it as not just even a part of the process, but an integral part of the growth and development process, Mm -hmm. we get better because of it. Mm -hmm. Not just that we have to put up with it. Right. But it is what is building our strength and our grit mm-hmm. and our our ability to overcome and our our will and our hope and all of that mm-hmm. flows out of failure. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, it does. Yeah. Sorry. No, that's great. Got into preach uh, mode. Yeah, you were kind of, <laughs> and I liked it. I enjoyed it. 
the the last piece that we'll touch on is it increases our wisdom. You know, um, we have newer insight, new insights, increased skills and techniques on how we do certain things makes us wiser, propels us towards success. Couldn't agree more. And if you don't mind, I'm going to, I'm going to take a minor left turn on that point. Absolutely. Uh, because in our youth and in our exuberance and in our f- feelings of, um, uh, not in what's the word I'm looking for that, that you, you're like undefeatable. There's a word I'm missing, but in those feelings of invincible, con- invincible. Yeah. I'm, I'm invincible. I'm co- super confident in that mindset. You feel like, Oh, at least let me try, mm. you know, let me, let me make my own mistakes. Yeah. Let me, I think I've got this figured out mm. or don't talk to me. You know, there's all that. Right. Mm-hmm. But then you get to a point somewhere where you're like, maybe there's something I can learn from others. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, you know, I'm sure some of this happened along the way, but it didn't, it didn't really happen in my life significantly until I was in my fifties. So you mentioned you're in your early fifties, right? So um, I'll be 57 this year, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't until my early fifties where I realized the value of learning from someone else's failures. Oh yeah. Holy cow. (laughs) <laughs> and where do I find those failures? Mm-hmm. In books. Mm-hmm. And relationships. Certainly. Certainly. Yep. Um, but inviting others' experiences into my life through, through reading, through conversation, through all of this, now I can exponentially develop my thought processes, my motivations, my grit, all of those learnings from failure. I can, I'm still going to experience some, but now I have the perspective of others as well. And you talk about the wisdom that comes from failure. Mm. And if I could, if I could appreciate what someone else has experienced and, and then package that in a way that fuels my life and fuels my behaviors and fuels my activities, how valuable is that? Mm. And I wasted 30 plus years of my professional development just trying to figure it out. Do it on your own. Yeah. Yeah. And do it my way and learn from that. Yeah. And, and I think that's almost normal. I would, yeah, I would agree. I mean, you can look at the stats that people in their forties haven't picked up a book since college. Mm -hmm. I was one of those. Right. I mean, maybe a random here and there, but now it's like, I, I read 24 books last month and, or last year, and that wasn't enough. Mm. So I, I want to be careful. I, again, I don't want to get on soapbox there. No. But when you talk about the wisdom that is gained through failure, that's what that's what makes a good book. That's what makes a good story. Right. And and we can learn from others' experiences and amplify our our wisdom and our development in, in that arena. So, so while, while we before we wrap up, what what's your favorite book to share with people out there where where they might be able to go to find some help some support some encouragement by learning from somebody else's failure so what's one that just sticks out to you it doesn't have to be your favorite you're gonna yeah we're gonna have to have another podcast okay but i will i'll I'll answer you but we have to realize a couple things first of all there's going to be some recency bias true that's all right you know i'd have to really think 
historically, if I were going to come up with the tomb that I want Doesn't everybody to read. Doesn't have to be the one. Just right, one that comes right. to mind. But then the other thing I'd just really like to highlight is that um, uh, when you think about this the, across the sphere of life, um, there is an ancient Jewish saying uh, that goes like this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, it continues, but I'll stop there. And when I li- think of those four, what I call key um, cells of meaning, uh, when I think of all of life, if I could boil it down to those four areas, it really does cover, because the 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 motive in that statement is to love your God with your entire self. Mm-hmm. So, okay, heart, soul, mind, and strength, my relationships, my, my vertical soul, uh, my mental capacities, and my physical strength, right. okay? So what I'm doing this year is I'm actually reading in each of those four areas and oh, trying nice. really hard to, 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 to develop in those key cells of meaning. Okay. okay? And, uh, so, you know, especially as a pastor and, and, uh, with, I mean, I, I could go to a devotional book, you yeah, know, sure. I could go there. Uh, there are a couple in the physical space that have meant a lot to me that are really driving me to, to realize that, yes, this is a temple, but it is also the the only physical presence that I have in this world. If I don't take care of it, I won't be here as long as right. I could be right. um, or as effective as I could be. So there's a lot of in that space. Um, and then, of course, relationally, I've got a couple of books that I'm just so passionate about because they help us in our in our human communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one that comes to mind right now um, really has challenged me in my mental space. Mm-hmm. And it's called A Failure of Nerve. Mm. Uh, and the concept behind it is that um, that we need to, to strengthen our ability to stand up and to be strong oh, wow. and to be convinced and convicted mm. without being preachy and talking down or anything like that, um, but to have the nerve. And it starts out in the beginning of the book talking about the the mindset of the great explorers, mm. Magellan, Columbus, etc., who, you know, they sailed off the end of the earth. How much bravado does that have to have? How much nerve does that have to, to bravery and, mm. and conviction and sense of adventure does that need right. to have? Everybody thought they were crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that we've lost a lot of that sense of adventure um, because we've lost our nerve. Yeah. And there's a whole lot more to it than sure. that. Um, but that particular book uh, was a game changer for me. Mm. And uh, so my approach this year is I'm actually going to be rereading four books, one in each of those areas, four times. I like it. And instead of like skimming, I'm really going to dive deep. And that's one of them. I like it. Thanks for sharing that. And I, I think that book is really relevant today for a lot of people. Yeah. Right? Especially people in the space of um, Christianity and, and how they stand up and you know claim that space and own that space and live out for jesus in a mm-hmm. world that's fallen mm-hmm. right that's a big challenge for mm-hmm. people and i appreciate that i'm gonna i haven't read that i'm gonna look that up it's a great book thanks for sharing that you with bet me. and thanks for being here today oh absolutely it's pleasure it's been really great to meet you we yeah. just met today and yeah to learn we've a tried about for you. months and finally made the connection yeah and i'm glad we did and i've learned just in a little bit that we've got a lot more in common so we're gonna have to talk more about that so. love it Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everybody out there, for joining us this time on our community.